Very intelligent move to be in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, coming to you from our studios, as always, which are as good as there is, and our guest is as good as there is, Peter King, NFL insider extraordinaire, legendary, all the work that he does on various platforms with NBC, he's a must read, he's a must watch, he's a must listen, and Peter King has contacts all over the National Football League. And interesting to get his perspective on the Cincinnati Bengals with all of that information that he's able to accumulate in the National Football League. You're going to like what he has to say. It's very interesting what he has to say about the Cincinnati Bengals, about the upcoming opponent, Cleveland Browns, his projections for the seeds, the playoffs at the end of the season. Peter King. Nobody does it better. We're happy to have them. Well, you made a great decision today to join us in the trenches with Dave Lappin because we have a man that knows more about the National Football League. He's forgotten more about the National Football League than we all know. How about that? We'll put it that way. The legendary Peter King. I mean, we're talking football morning in America. We're talking football night in America with NBC. We're talking his podcast, the Peter King podcast. Uh, it, it, it goes on and on. I, you have done a masterful job of creating more than 24 hours in a day, I think. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. I mean, you are all too nice, but... Uh... Yeah, it's been a fun summer. I got to 19 camps, did not get to Cincinnati, but I got to quite a few training camps and saw a lot of teams, a lot of people. So I feel like I'm ready for this season. Um, and look, I this is about as hard a year as I ever had in trying to predict who's going to be any good because especially in the, in the AFC, it's so loaded. I, I just... You know, I could you could pick them out of a hat. I mean, there were teams that I didn't pick to make the playoffs, Miami and the Chargers, who I think could make playoff significant playoff runs. So it's going to be kind of a weird year, I think, in the AFC, particularly. Speaking of that, um, I saw your your seed projections. You have Jacksonville, the number one seed. And that's the first time I saw Jacksonville seeded that highly. But your reasoning Makes total sense. Give us the reasoning why you have Jacksonville as the number one seed. I think the biggest thing, Dave, is that I looked at, and look, judging teams by schedules is always dangerous. Right. But, you know, I judge the Jaguars basically on three things. One, rising quarterback who, and you know, the, the quarterback lifts all boats. Yep. Number two, the fact that the way they ended last season, the second half against the Chargers, and four quarters, resilient, tough, very physically uh, strong right. uh, in Kansas City and played an extremely uh, representative game and could have won that game. So, and then they enter this season and they get probably the biggest favor from the schedule makers of all contenders, which is they have 10 of their 17 games are against teams in the AFC South and NFC South, significantly far and away the two worst divisions in football. 
So they're fortunate in that regard. And I don't think they're the best team in the AFC, but I think entering the season, they have a significant schedule advantage. I, I concur a hundred percent. And uh, anybody that doesn't believe coaching is important, talk to Trevor Lawrence, because I mean, you go from uh, the situation that he was, he was in as a rookie uh, to the bounce back that he had a rookie with Urban Meyer, the bounce back that he had with Doug Peterson. I mean, coaching is important, no doubt. I think what Doug Peterson has done, um, Doug Peterson was, you know how they always say in baseball that, you know, backup catchers make great managers. And, and, and I think essentially they're the worker bees who had to study, who had to uh, do an awful lot just to even stay in big league baseball. And I think to a large degree, that's the case a lot of times with the uh, backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And Doug Peterson had a very long life as a backup quarterback uh, and got to know a lot about the position from people like Andy Reid, both in Green Bay and, and later coaching under him in Philadelphia, um, you know, and playing with Brett Favre, watching Favre, watching what was really important uh, to win. And then I think one of the things that Doug Peterson learned, Dave, is what he didn't want in a quarterback. <laughs> and he learned that, I think, from, and look, he, he'll never, you know, he's a, he's never going to trash anybody he, sure. whether he, he had, but Carson Wentz stopped being coachable and started getting really, um, uh, you know, difficult after the Eagles drafted uh, Jalen Hurts in the second round in right. 2020. And I think what that did was it showed Doug Peterson what he wanted in a quarterback. And when he moved to Jacksonville, he found that that Trevor Lawrence wanted to be coached. He understood that he didn't come from necessarily the strongest quarterback background and quarterback teaching background in the game, both in college and in his first year in the NFL. And so I think he has settled into uh, a really good situation, uh, Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, and they understand, both of them understand that they need each other to win. And I think, I think Lawrence is going to have a really good year. He's a, uh, he's got all the tools. There's no question. I mean, he has traits. <laughs> he's just, he's dripping in traits. You have Kansas city as the number two seed. The jets is the number three seed. The Bengals is the number four. Buffalo is number five. And then Baltimore and Pittsburgh as your six and seven seeds. So you've got a, a heavy dose of respect for the AFC North. And when I look at um, some of your individual award projections, Offensive Player of the Year, Nick Chubb from Cleveland is your number two candidate. Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett from Cleveland is your number two candidate. TJ Watt is the number three candidate. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Zay Flowers with Baltimore. So, I mean, you've got the AFC North sprinkled throughout, as well as having three teams making the playoffs. But then 
your offensive and defensive player of the year candidates with Cleveland are very high. How close did you come to putting Cleveland in the mix for a seed? Dave, it came down to the fact that I really don't know what to expect out of Deshaun Watson. And I'm not saying that he can't come back to play at the level of where he did three years ago. He very well could, but we didn't see it last year. He's gone through one of the most difficult uh, situations of his own making uh, that any player has ever gone through in the NFL. And so, you know, think about it, Dave. It's, It's been a long time since Deshaun Watson was a great quarterback in the NFL. We all seem to think, oh, he'll get back. I don't necessarily think that. I think that once you have fallen off of your perch, it's pretty tough to get back to that perch. So I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying I'm dubious that he will. That 2020 season, 4,800-plus yards, 33 touchdown passes. I mean, his four years in Houston, almost 68% completion percentage, quarterback rating of 104.5 over a four-year stretch. I can see why people are tempted. You know, he did it more than once. I mean, it was like, oh, he he repeated performances. But I agree with you. I mean, you go through what he went through and self-inflicted to boot. Man, that's a that's a hard thing to bounce back from. It really is. I I won't be surprised if they win eleven games and they're the fifth seed. I I just I won't be surprised, especially you know it's such an interesting schedule. In yeah. week one, there's so many interesting games in week one, but, and obviously, you know, we could sit here and name five of them, but I would argue that Cincinnati at Cleveland is, is as compelling a game. Even Aaron, it's right up there with Aaron Rodgers' debut for the Jets. Because if you think about what, is going to happen Sunday at one o'clock in Cleveland. Basically there, we're going to find out a lot about the health of Joe Burrow because, Hey, look, everybody can say what they want. Brian Callahan can say, yep, we got a plan to get him ready for opening day. Okay. Plans are great, but let's see him. Let's see what happens to Joe Burrow. And again, I, I don't, I don't know. But let's see what happens to Joe Burrow when he's getting chased uh, out of the pocket by Miles Garrett. Right. I I mean, does anybody know if Joe Burrow can sprint on September 10th like he could sprint on July 10th? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. And we, we, we'll, we'll just have to see. I'm sure that Zach Taylor is not having him go out there and run – 40s out there these days at practice you know not that he ever would anyway but and then on the other side obviously you've got Deshaun Watson who is just one of the one of the most mysterious stories of this or any other NFL season so that's gonna be there's gonna be an awful lot of truth that's told uh on the banks of Lake Erie Sunday from one to four o'clock I think you've hit on it. I mean, Joe's, I've seen him running at a decent, I haven't seen him sprint, 
I've seen him running at a decent clip, you know, and I've seen him throw. He can push off of that that calf, the right calf, and he can push off and transfer his weight. And he's throwing darts and he's throwing them accurately and all that. But like you said, when you have to be sudden and explode yeah. and and okay, I gotta I gotta climb the pocket and go, and here comes Miles Garrett, or even in the pocket. A sudden movement to change direction to try to protect yourself, make it a glancing blow instead of getting crushed. That that sudden movement can that's the final step. Can he do that with that calf and not exacerbate that that problem with the calf? Because now it's like now there's scar tissue there, and you have to stretch that scar tissue, you know, and it's still tight, I'm sure. I've been yeah. I've experienced it a little bit. I've seen teammates that have experienced it, and that's the final thing is that ability to burst, be sudden, be quick, you know, and short space quickness in the pocket, not even out of the pocket, just in the pocket, moving around. That That's that's where the rubber meets the road. I agree with you 100,000. And, and Dave, Dave, I, I thought about this a lot, um, you, you know, when I was thinking about the Bengals and where to put them and what to do with them. Right. But one of the, one of the things that I wonder if you're Zach Taylor uh, you're Brian Callahan. I, I I wonder, and I don't know what the right answer is here because, I mean, I'm not Paul Sparling or the medical staff that has been working with him and understands or is taking an MRI and it's absolutely clean. Maybe it is. I, I don't know. We don't know. Right. But I wonder if there is wisdom for the first three, four weeks of this season to tell Joe Burrow that when he is being chased and he's out of the pocket and he's going to get caught, go down. Yep. I mean, what would you rather have? Would you rather have three crappy unearned sacks extra per game and Joe Burrow to play 17 games? Yep. Or would you rather have Joe Burrow bust his rear end re-aggravate it and go out for nine weeks because he's says I'm playing like I always am going to play. And again, look, I don't know. We don't know. All I'm saying is the thought goes through my mind. Honestly, if I am the Bengals, maybe in this, the majority of this year that Joe Burrow should probably not try to be Mr. All-American. You know, he had the, the calf issue and he had a, a sleeve on it and he was told at practice, stay in the pocket. You know, the medical people don't, don't get out of the pocket. Well, he's so competitive and so instinctive. It's like, here I go. I, I have a lane. I'm going to use it and run uh, and, and, and the calf grab. So I agree with you. I, what I would do is I'd put on clips of Tom Brady's entire career, assuming the fetal position when pressured and say, Joe, when, is, when you feel the pressure, don't try to find a lane or whatever. Live for another down. Live for another. Protect yourself. Don't take a flush hit. To, I would. I would. I'm with you. I'm with you. If if you, you don't want to play a guy that can't protect himself, you know that, that for sure. But if he's to the point that he is, and it's just that final explosion, don't do that. Just just protect yourself. Go to the ground and live for another snap because they want you as many snaps as they can get you, Joe. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's th that's one of the reasons why this is it's such a fascinating season and so hard to predict. And quite honestly, there's a very good chance I would have picked Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl if I had extreme confidence in Burroughs health. Uh -huh. 
I maybe I should have confidence in his health, but I don't. I, I, I don't, and, and I don't not have confidence. I just don't know. Yeah. It's and it's amazing. And that's why this this first game between Joe Burrow uh and and the Browns, you know, obviously with Deshaun Watson on the other side, why it's so fascinating because I think there are major question marks on each guy. And when you look at the opponent, Jimmy Schwartz will pressure. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy Schwartz will, will. by configuration, get Miles Garrett one-on-one -on -one as many times as he can. So yeah. now you're going against a very talented coach, coordinator, with the schematic, with players in that schematic. It's like, man, this ain't no pushover, man. Yeah, you know what? I would also say this, Dave. I'd also say this. Based on Lou Anarumo's history yep. of frustrating Patrick Mahomes, yep. which he has done many times, based on that, I would say if I'm Kevin Stefanski, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I don't really know what I'm going to see out of the Bengals either. And I know that history says, you know, the Bengals, uh, Burroughs lost four of his five starts against the Browns. And so advantage Cleveland, and I totally get that. But all I can say is Lou Anarumo is going to come up with something Sunday that I believe is going to be mysterious, different, and something other than what the Browns expect, which is what every defensive coordinator should strive for. Besides Joe Burrow, when you're talking with everybody, a lot, a lot of your contacts around the league about the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow is probably first and foremost. Does Lou Anarumo's name come up very, very quickly after that? Look, I remember last year at the end of the year thinking that Lou Anarumo should definitely, I thought he should have gotten the, uh, the Arizona job. Yep. Um, and Jonathan Gannon got it all power to him. You know, he's a good coach too. But if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, if I'm a team that is down, okay, and I'm a team that is going to need some, uh, you know, is going to need some X and O power to win games while we build up our roster, I think he, I, I'm just really surprised by now that he hasn't had more traction in uh, in trying to get a job. I'll tell you, when I talk to teams, when I talk to GMs, and I in when I go to training camps, I say, "Who do you like? Who don't you like?" I'll tell you what came up a lot about the Bengals. Hmm. What came up a lot is has Orlando Brown solved for a long time the left tackle question of the Bengals, hmm. and. I think he probably has, but it's interesting to me that Kansas City, which traded a lot for him, let him go and then went out and signed a, a tackle uh, for a lot of money. Yeah. And, and so, first of all, there didn't seem to be a huge market for Orlando Brown, which I thought was interesting. Um, so I think... A lot of people are going to be watching the left side of the Cincinnati offensive line, um, you know, thinking that, look, I'm probably like you and a lot of other people. I think Orlando Brown 
is an upgrade at left tackle, but he really, really needs to be for this team to, uh, you know, to be good. Um, and so I think if I were to say one or two other things that people are going to be looking at with the Bengals, I think that when you look at this defense, one of the things that has impressed me is that they have gone out and they have gotten players who've played better in Cincinnati than they played in their former spots. Okay. Huh. And, and I'll say, and I'll, I'll use Mike Hilton as one of them. Mm -hmm. I'll use uh, BJ Hill definitely mm -hmm. as one of them to me, BJ Hill. That's one of the great trades in recent years in the NFL, you know, in trading the, uh, Shoot, you know the Ohio State center who hasn't amounted to much. Yeah, for, Billy Billy Price. for you know, and getting BJ Hill. Yeah. BJ Hill is a force yep. in the middle of that line. And then the other guy, I think, is Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson has been a better Bengal consistently than he was a Saint. So I think you got to give credit to Duke Tobin. And then I think you got to give credit to Lou Anarumo and that coaching staff for making a lot out of guys who might have been good players elsewhere and who become very good players. And, and the one other guy who I have always liked, and I'm not sure he's better for the Bengals, but I really like Nick Scott. And I thought that was a very good signing uh, because Nick Scott, by the end of the Rams Super Bowl season, was a big piece for the Rams. So I, I think I, I like, you know, Dave, look, you, you know, this, I covered the Bengals a hundred years ago. And I just think that the Bengals right now are so much better in personnel, personnel acquisition. Uh, and I think this coaching staff is really, really good at making good players better. Great stuff. I'm telling you, I can understand why Peter King was the Dirk McCann Memorial Award winner for his work in pro football. I can understand why he's a three-time National Sports Writer of the Year. Peter hey, King. Hey, I talk a good game, Dave. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> you can bring it. You're stronger than New Rote, man. No doubt. <laughs> Appreciate you uh, carving time. I know you're busy. I know this is a crazy time of year for you. No problem. Uh, Happy to do it. Talk Bengals with us. Can't thank Dave, you. Dave, have a have a great have a great year. Thanks. You do the same, Peter. Take care. Thank you. Dave Lapham here, and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team.